Hey guys, welcome to the Highway to Heaven podcast. I'm Sophia, and today we have a special guest. Hey, what's up, friends? My name is Maggie Craig. I'm a Catholic speaker. I'm happy to speak with you about Catholic things right now. I love that. Um, so today, I'm really excited. Uh, I'll talk about the topic really quick, and then we are going to start with a prayer. Um, so today we are going to be talking about identity and how we find identity in Christ. And then we have some questions that um, we were asked to talk about. Let's do it. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we start all prayers remembering your cross, remembering your suffering, remembering your sacrifice, remembering your love for us. Thank you for the gift of your love, God. Um, we read in the Gospel of John, without you, we can do nothing. And without your love, we can do nothing. Without your love, we, we, are, we are nothing. Um, thank you, God, for loving me. Uh, thank you for offering me mercy. Thank you for offering me forgiveness and grace and a new start and a new life. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be a new creation as your daughter. I pray for everyone listening that they may know the love of God, um, no matter how far away that they may feel, no matter how many doubts or fears or questions that they may have, may they know that they are crazy loved by you, God. And that makes all the difference. God, I thank you, I praise you, and I ask that I may love you more. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are talking about identity today and what that looks like in, you know, the lives of Christians and Catholics and in the world um, today. And so, Maggie, how do you find identity in Christ? Oh, what a question. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's one of the biggest questions we can ask ourselves in life. Um, who am I? And I think I asked that question my whole life, um, wondering who I was. And it wasn't until college I started asking myself, Whose am I? Uh, not who am I? Whose? Whose am I? Um, and I realized I I was the Lord's. You know, not his, not his slave, uh, not his servant, but his best friend, true love. And and I realized that relationship is my identity, not what I do, whether good or bad, uh, not what's been done to me, not what I haven't done, but. Um, I've grown to identify myself as the Lord's. And that's been, as you can imagine, quite a journey, as it is a journey for all of us. But I, I found true freedom, putting my identity, putting my value, putting my worth, um, not in what I do. Even though my actions are super important and they reflect my love for God, um, but putting my identity in God's actions and God acted and God chose and he chose me. And that's what defines me more than anything else. Because everything else changes, everything else shifts. So much of the world is relative, but um, we read in scripture, you know, that Jesus is Christ is the same today, yesterday, today, and forever. Um, so when we put our identity in something that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, our identity will never change. It will always be his. So, yeah, I have grown to identify myself with the Lord, the one who identified himself with me by becoming one flesh with me, you know, by, by taking on my burden of sin. Um, yeah, there's, there's many ways you can identify yourself, but I, I have choose, chosen to identify myself with the Lord as his child. That's awesome. I mean, I feel like being a cradle Catholic, I've always been, 
you know, not labeled, but kind of taken that identity as like, oh, you know, especially when you're little, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you're Jesus's princess, like you're God's princess. <laughs> he's your, like, he's your dad and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I feel like I've always kind of known that, especially like, or yeah, when I was like really little and stuff, I I feel like I always knew that. Um, And I think now as I've grown up and like kind of grown deeper in my spiritual life, I feel like I've maybe taken that a little more seriously um, because, you know, when you become, when Christ becomes your identity, you have to kind of change your life. I feel like, like you can't be doing, I don't know, like worldly things. Um, And so it's really been a struggle because I do like secular music and I love movies and TV shows, you know, but it's really taking the time and sorting through all that stuff to realize like what's the root of it what am I going to get from this am I learning something good Mm -hmm. from it and then once you start asking yourself those questions I think that you're taking a step closer to to Jesus and to really taking that um taking him as your identity and Mm -hmm. um not that long ago uh, I had a bible study with a bunch of my friends and we read Romans and in the first chapter it's a good one it's a good book it really is although my favorite's acts good book i love it okay letters to the romans it's a good Mm -hmm. it's a good letter it's really good so in the first verse paul okay so remember paul is like killer of christians like persecuting them and doing all these (laughs) crazy things and Mm -hmm. then he has this 360 moment and now he's preaching and he gave his whole life to God. And so I love how he identifies himself in Christ. Mm-hmm. He says, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel mm-hmm. of God. Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Like mm-hmm. some crazy guy all of a sudden yeah. changed his whole life. And, and now that's his identity. Like that for me, that's kind of crazy. And it gives me yeah. hope. And and this shows us so many things. Yes, gives us hope. It shows us so many things that it is never too late to return to the house of God. Um, you know, someone said to me once, you know, what's the difference between a hardened criminal who's been away from God for years and years and years and a daily mass goer? Like, what's the difference between those two people? And the difference is one confession, right? Mm-hmm. So um if the hardened criminal the hardened sinner uh wants to return to the house of god they can no exceptions and if they've put their identity in other things that is that's something that the lord can start anew in and saint paul is such a great example in so many things yeah he was he was literally killing christians and then he became a christian um so <laughs> I know people who've mocked Christianity, who've been other religions, who've blasphemed or tried to lead people away from God. And then now they are now Christians because they've recognized the truth. Um, it's never too late to return to God. And I no- notice that I say return because all of us come from God. So um, when we when we turn to God, it's us returning home, returning back to our origins, returning back to the start, returning back to who we really are. And all of us can do this. And, and, and St. Paul is the perfect example, the primary example of someone who was literally a murderer, killing Christians, who now wrote so many letters in the New Testament, whose, whose writings are literally part of the Bible, 
the influence that he had and, and that came from him choosing to repent and choosing to identify himself with the Lord and, and see how that changed the world. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, dude, that's that's crazy. That's honestly crazy to think about that anybody who wants to change their life can just go to confession. Obviously, you have to yes. be baptized and stuff, but you can just sure. go and be like, listen, dude, here are all my sins and mm-hmm. I want to repent and I want to change my life. Like, that's OK. And that is done. Possible. Done. And everything's and wiped away. Yeah. And something else that's too, it's not just you saying admitting your sins out loud. I mean, we could talk about confession for a long time, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, When you go to confession, we receive supernatural grace from God. Um, So it's not just like you go into a coffee shop with a friend saying, hey, listen, I've done X, Y, Z. And the friend is like, wow, that's really tough. Like that, there's beauty in that too. And that's like a very Christian thing to do. But when you go to confession, you receive supernatural grace to resist temptation to start again. Because very soon after we leave confession, our old life is going to be calling to us. Our old temptations are going to be whispering in our ears and be like, remember this? Remember how good this felt? Remember how much you liked this? But when we have the supernatural grace, of confession, we can say, listen, I don't belong to you anymore. I belong to God. Um, That's who I am. My identity is not in my sins. My identity is not in my attractions. My identity is not in my failings. My identity is not in my past. My identity is in the rock solid reality that I'm God's child. And so what that looks like practically is not, not defining ourselves by anything else. Like, yes, we must have a personality. This is something that I am really big on. As Christians, as Catholics, we need to have a personality. We we can love the Bible and we should, but we should read other books. And we should love Catholic and Christian podcasts, but we should listen to other podcasts. Yeah. We should find the beauty in the world that is not by name Christian, but has truth, beauty, and goodness. So that belongs to God. We should have a personality. We should have hobbies. We should have likes. We should have interests. We should have friends. We should have a personality. But those things cannot carry the weight of our identity. Um, It's just not strong enough. Um, And only the Lord can carry the weight of the cross. Only the Lord can carry the weight of our sins. And only the Lord can carry the weight of our truest identity. So when we say have an identity in Christ, we're not saying like put on a beige skirt, cut your hair. Never read a book again. Yeah. And only speak in Latin hymns. That's that's not what we're saying. Uh, we're saying live a life in the world because that's the one God is calling you to. Um, but do not let the world define you. Let your identity be known to the Lord. So that means play basketball. Yes, we love it. But don't define yourself by basketball. Because if you have a really good game or if you have a really bad game or if you have a neutral game, your identity is going to change and that's super unhealthy. So play basketball, but do not identify yourself with your success. Get good grades at school. Be an academic. Be a scholar. Yes. Study. Learn. Take those AP classes. Prepare for college. Do that. Improve your resume. Yes. Great. We love it. But do not put your identity in academics. Do not define yourself by that. Have friends. Have a boyfriend. Sure. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But like, if you're mature and wise and healthy and, and so are they, great. Have friends. Have a boyfriend. Have a social life. Amazing. Great. But don't put your identity in your friend group. But don't put your identity in your relationship. Because one, those things might change. 
Um, and two, they cannot carry the whole of who you are. Um, so having an identity in the Lord changes the way you behave, especially if your actions are contradictory uh, to the Lord. Um, but also it's, it's a mindset, it's a heart set, it's a soul reset, um, not clinging, not belonging to other things. Because if we don't belong to God, we're going to belong to something else, right? If, if, if we don't worship the Lord, we're going to worship something else. If we don't put our identity in God, we're going to put our identity in something else. Um, and it's and like, best to put it in the Lord. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it's going to change if you get a bad grade mm-hmm. or if you get a good grade, it's going to change. And that's not good. You have to mm-hmm. have something, you have to have your identity yeah. in something that's rock solid, that is never going to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, other people might be like, well, why does it have to be God? Well, because he's the only thing that's never really changed. He never changes. He never, he's there. How, how was it that you said he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? I think that's from Hebrews, but honestly, don't count me on that. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. I got to look that up. Um, yeah, that scripture passage. And then St. Augustine describes God as beauty ever ancient, ever new. So God is ever ancient. He's consistent. He's rock solid, but he's also not dusty. He's not crusty. Right. He's not irrelevant. He's, he's new and fresh in your life. So practically speaking, like, it just makes sense to put your identity in something that doesn't change. And mm-hmm. people say, well, well, what about family? Um, yeah, family's great. Family's a gift from God. Family mirrors the Trinity. Uh, but Jesus says in scripture, you know, you can't love your mother or your father or your children more than me. Um, which is super harsh words, you know, for, for people who love their family. And you should love your family. Absolutely. Uh, but that you can't put your identity and even, and even your family. And the thing is, if you put your identity in God, you will love your family more. If you put your identity in God, you oh, will yeah. be a better student. If you put your identity in God, you'll be a better girlfriend. You'll be a better friend. You will just be a better person because you're not expecting them to be your everything. And only God can be your everything. So have a family. Have yeah. friends. Have sports. Have, and be good. Be as good as you possibly can. But it's it's God first, and then everything falls into place, and you're able to do those other things well. Or then even ask yourself, is this worth doing? Especially if, I don't know, if certain behavior that you've been doing before has been sinful. Yeah. But having a family and playing sports and doing school is not sinful, as no. long as you put it in relation to God first. Yeah, and I think if God is your number one in your life, that everything else like will fall into place like everything else will be good and i'm not saying there isn't going to be pain and suffering because there will be but Uh, having him but having him there with you and doing whatever you're doing together that's a huge blessing and i i can you know testify like i could say i know the difference between doing things with god and doing things without him and yeah and it's crazy it's crazy and i love the quote by pope john paul ii says life with christ is a wonderful adventure because it really really is it's so so crazy because you know there have been moments in my life where i'm like no i don't want anything to do with jesus i need a break and but i have seen such sadness and just sorrow in my life and i'm just like the world like it's falling apart but then when you're doing life with god Especially now that I'm still kind of on my like Jesus high retreat, 
thing. Um, I'm just mm-hmm. so excited and stoked about my life. Like, I'm so happy there. You know what? I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I am exhausted. I am so tired and I have a million <laughs> things to do. Yeah. But I'm just so happy in everything that I do. And I have not been Look like that joy. in so, so long. And then doing all of that and just mm-hmm. inviting the Holy Spirit to do it with me. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It The things mm-hmm. that happen. Amen. It's beautiful. And the opportunities that you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we entrust ourselves to him and yeah, he he makes a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking about how do we how we make this practical. So so you were saying, you know, you, you grew up cradle Catholic and how, you know, you've sort of always known um about God and known who he is and, and known that you belong to him and and um how do we make having an identity in God practical especially if this isn't like a foreign concept to you you know mm. there might be some people who've like oh i've never thought of putting my identity of god I, I that's a cool thing to think about but if you've if you've grown up with that i think the way that this becomes practical is you make god practical um you know god is a personal god he took on flesh he dwelt among us he became a man he became a person and you can only have a relationship with a person so I think the way to make this practical is to develop a relationship with God. Otherwise, identity could just be like a fuzzy concept, but like through relationship, identity is formed. So if you want to put your whole worth, your whole value and your identity in God, you need to know who he is and you need to have a relationship with him. Otherwise, Jesus is just like Santa Claus or the tooth fairy or like a myth or a legend or like Something that you can yeah. take it or leave it, but a you can't myth? take or leave God. How dare you? I believe in Tooth Fairy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> We're going to move on from that. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, making God practical, making him real, and that's by forming a relationship with him. And, and how we form a relationship with someone is you spend time with him. You commune, you communicate quality time you be together so you oh, yeah. cannot form an identity in god if you don't have a relationship with him and you can't have a relationship with god if you don't talk to him or if you only talk to him when you're stressed or your family is going through a struggle or like your friend is sick like that's 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 not strong imagine if one of your best friends only talked to you when they were stressed or when they needed you to pick them up or when they needed money. <laughs> like, yeah. That would not be a friendship. That would, that would, that would be something else. And a lot of times we don't have a strong actual relationship with God. We use him as like a therapeutic vending machine. We go to God. We're like, if I give you like a prayer right now and if I put a quarter into you vending machine and I push a few buttons, then like you will give me Doritos. <laughs> like you will give me what I want. And that's not who God is. God is a person. So, to have identity, we must form a relationship. To have a relationship, we must communicate. And we call that prayer. Yeah. And, you know, the highest form of prayer is the Mass, the celebration of the liturgy. And we want to go to that once a week on Sundays. Absolutely. And if you haven't done that, that's something that I really encourage you to do. And if you do do that, great. Let's let's keep going deeper. Let's keep going higher. Let's keep getting closer to the source. Let's continue to commune with God on a daily basis like how often do you talk with your best friends sophia like how often oh my do you gosh. talk with your family every your single day every day every single day huh oh. interesting <laughs> interesting so if we want to form a relationship with god and if we want to put our whole way our whole identity our past our present our future our eternity with god 
we should maybe talk to him just as much as we talk to our friends and family, if not more. Um, and it's not, it's not a numbers game. We don't have to put a timer to commune with God, but just to put it in proximity. If we're talking to our friends every day, okay, that means we have time. And that means we have a desire. So we need to cultivate that time. We need to cultivate that desire to speak with God. And, and what does that look like? I mean, we can talk about prayer for so long. Um, I mean, for me, how, how I do that, how I remind myself of my identity in God, how I continue to have a relationship with God, how I commune with God, is I pray every single morning when I get up for about 20 minutes. Um, I don't check my phone. I just turn off my alarm. Like, who cares who's texted me? It's still going to be there. Um, I, I don't even get out of my pajamas. I do get out of my bed because then I will fall asleep. But I go to my corner in my room and I pray with my Bible. I pray with sacred scripture. I pray with liturgy of the hours. I read the gospel. I commune with God first thing. And then everything in life fits in because if, if I don't pray first thing in the morning, I don't have time. You know, I, don't, I, I just yeah. I just run out of time. It gets too busy. But when you put the Lord first, everything else fits into place. Am I a perfect example of prayer? No. Do I mess that up all the time? Yes. <laughs> but if I have 20 minutes of quality time with the Lord every day, that's something consistent that I can look to. I can share. I can be honest. I can be vulnerable. And I develop that relationship. And when you have that relationship, you have that trust, and then I can build an identity with the Lord. Because how can I build an identity in, in someone that I don't even know, that I don't even talk to? It doesn't work. So doesn't. this is turning into <clears throat> a big rant on a lot of different things. <laughs> uh, but to make this concrete, to make this practical, to not make this be something you hear about in a talk or like something you grew up hearing, it needs to be real. And it's real through prayer. And there's no other way around it. Yeah. I love that. I mean, last night, so one of my friends couldn't make it. So last night I was uh, kind of leading like our small little neighborhood youth group type of thing. And I just, I really wanted to empower them with the Holy Spirit and just, I mean, a lot of the kids, I'm not saying that I'm better or anything. I'm just saying that my spiritual level is a little different than a lot of other people. And that's fine. Sure. And I all want Mm -hmm. them to reach that level just because I'm seeing God in like a new way. And that's amazing. Yeah. So I want to share that with them. And so that's, that's what I was talking about. I was like, you guys, you cannot, you just can't talk to God once a week and think that's fine because you'll never have Mm -hmm. a relationship with him. It just, it doesn't work. And if you want to be best friends, just like you are with all your other friends, like you have to be constantly Mm -hmm. talking to them, going to see them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think, you know, Sunday mass goers, you know, I'm like, you can't, you can't just do that. You can't just go and think talking to God. Yeah. You do need more. You have to go and pursue him and find him in prayer, find him in the Bible. And that's what I'm always telling my friends. I'm like, you guys need to read the Bible. So I was just trying to encourage them to just seek Jesus out more often, especially during the week. And you know, the Bible has honestly worked wonders for me. It has helped me really mm-hmm. know the person that Jesus was, the person that God is, yes. um, and to really just know mm-hmm. all the other like people in the Bible and just to relate to their stories. Um, and then I was just so the reason why mm-hmm. I picked a um, paragraph in Acts. Um, let me see if I can find it. It was Peter's speech. And I really liked it because he was just going on and on of how God empowered Jesus and Jesus had empowered them. And so like they were going out and preaching to 
you know, everybody um, about Jesus and about his mission and like saving souls and like baptism, everything. And so I really like Acts because it's the book of the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. It is powerful. I found, I had found this picture on Instagram here. I'll show you a long time ago. And so, like you said, we have to picture God as like a person because we can only have a relationship with a person. So I found this picture and it's really helped me. And everybody's like, no, dude, I only see God as like, I mean, the, the Holy Spirit as a dove. And I was like, no, guys. Oh, I don't think you can see. Here we go. Nice. Love it. Party. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is yeah. not a dove. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is not a pigeon. The Holy Spirit is not like the talking parrot of God. The Holy Spirit is yeah. love. But it, I mean, it's hard to visualize It is. That, it so. really is. And yeah. so when I saw that, I was like, yeah. wow, that helps me because I'm like, okay, now Jesus walks with me. He's for me, he's a person, right? And I always think of him as the um, the Jesus from the chosen. I don't know if you've seen it. I think we've talked about this. Um, yeah. But yeah, so mm-hmm. I always think about mm-hmm. Jesus like that. And then the Holy Spirit, I was like. I don't know. I think of, you know, you know, in, in, uh, what's this movie called? In Brave, where the little will-o'-wisp things, that's how I always pictured the Holy Spirit. And so I'm like, he's just floating yeah. around with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then now when I saw that picture, I was like, no, yeah. dude, he's a person. He's like, he's a person created from the mm-hmm. love of God and Jesus. And to me, that still like blows my mind, but like, he's a walking person that was made just for love who was made of love and just having a yeah and having a deep personal relationship with him is probably my favorite out of all three which you know they're all the same person but at the same time they're individual and I love my relationship with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. I think I think everybody should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he will you just pray to him Mm -hmm. and just oh yeah 100% it's so he's so deep and everything but I don't know Mm -hmm. it's just he's important well I just think people don't do this because they don't know Sophia like they they don't know they might not have had the best examples they think to be Christian is just to go to church on Christmas and Easter or like once a week or like just to pray for meals they they don't know the depth of they they don't know the rich intellectual tradition and the rich philosophical tradition of our faith. They don't know that our faith involves reason. You know, John Paul II said, faith and reason. They're the two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. People don't know that science and faith aren't opposed. People don't know that there is so much more to religion than just like closing your eyes and talking to yourself. People don't know that the Holy Spirit is a person that they can have a relationship with. They, they, they just don't know. St. Paul says like, how are they to know unless there's mm-hmm. someone to preach to them? And how can someone preach to them unless they're sent? So it's so easy. I don't know, just to notice like the difference between you and, and, and other people. But that's just because of like the Lord has blessed us with families, with education, with knowledge. And like, and our job is to make that stuff accessible. And this is part of what you're doing with this podcast to make the love of, of God known. And, and you just have such a great opportunity to so many people to introduce them to God, to introduce them to the Holy Spirit, to introduce them to the concept of prayer. And just as God has so much patience with us, something that I have to work on is having patience with other people too, to to allow them to grow and, and, and to walk in the truth. And cause it's taken me so long and I mm-hmm. still mess up all the time, but yeah, people just don't know 
And how are they going to know yeah. unless we tell them, unless we tell them with love oh, and yeah. gentleness and patience. And I also, I had also told them, I said, I un- like, I get that some people like, cause I was asking, I was like, do you guys, have you guys ever thought about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And they're like, no, like some people, some people were like, I didn't like yeah. know that kind of like existed in a way. Like, I didn't know you had to, or just yeah. want to. And so I was telling mm-hmm. them, I was like, cause I just mm-hmm. picked up the catechism. Like I just started, I was prepping for a talk. We yes. love the catechism. I love it. I didn't realize. So in school, we had this really thin catechism and I hated it because we had to memorize it. And I I was not for it. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. nope, I'm not more. doing it. And so growing up, I always thought, oh, the catechism so boring. Mm-hmm. And so I was prepping for a talk and I opened it up. Um, and I, I think I was looking at holiness and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is amazing. Yes. Mine's huge. But yes, I love that. And so I have like tabs everywhere on it. So I was telling them, you know, what's really helped me grow Mm -hmm. in like certain topics, especially like the Holy Spirit and holiness and being an apostle for Jesus, like open the catechism and just start reading. Yeah. If people don't know that the catechism exists, that there is truly written down authoritatively, this is what holiness is. This is what virtue is. This is what morality is. People don't know. know about the catechism. And I'm like, you guys, I know, I know, because everybody's like super Catholic around here. And I'm like, I know you guys have probably like 10 of the catechism books. Okay. So just pick it up and start at a topic, yeah. you know, and it's not a book that mm-hmm. you read through, Seriously. but if you want to learn about a topic. No, it's easily one you can get into. Yeah love the catechism I, I didn't know about the catechism until I was getting confirmed and then I didn't start reading it until I literally majored it majored it in college I got my undergrad degree in catechetics so it is a it's a good book so if people okay so how do we how do we break this down so identity in the Lord is found by putting your value putting your self-worth in him who never changes you can't really do that. You can't put your identity in someone that you don't know. Not just know about, but know personally. And we know the love of the Lord. We know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We know them through a relationship. And for a relationship to be real, to be active, to be powerful, you have to commune. You have to communicate. Um, and the best form of communication is the Mass, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which we want to go to at least... Um, on Sundays, if if not more, if we can. And then, but that's just not enough. A once once a week, an hour catch up is, isn't good enough. What we need daily, we need daily communication, and that doesn't have to be super long. That could be that could be three minutes a day, of of opening your Bible, of listening to a praise and worship song, but um, taking it seriously. Just like just like someone who wants to get in shape, you know, you don't run a marathon overnight. Um, you start by maybe jogging for 30 seconds, you know, and then, and then you build up, you, you don't do a hundred pushups overnight. You start by maybe doing like half of an, <laughs> half a push up or something. Um, same thing with our faith start slow, but we want it to be daily and to be consistent. And then there is no limit. The limit does not exist to what we can know about God. We can read lives of the saints. We read our Bible. We read the catechism. We learn about the Lord. And when we do that, we develop that relationship. When we develop that relationship, we develop an identity. um, And that becomes unshakable. Just trying to summarize all our rants. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) Um, So we have a couple questions. And I know 
I'm giving us time now because I know some of these we may take up a lot of time. These are some some hearty ones, some hefty questions. We love questions. Questions. Jesus Jesus encourages questions. Jesus says in the scriptures, seek and you'll find, knock and the door shall be open to you. Um, so when we ask questions, that shows that we care. All right. So the first one says tips for dealing with anxiety and not letting it stop you from following God's plan. Mm, great question. Um First thing I would say is um, this is a very common uh, thing. Many, many people deal with some or huge levels of anxiety. Just because it's nearly universal doesn't mean it's not unique. So you're, I don't want to downgrade your feelings, but to know it's very common. And the majority of people you're interacting with on a daily basis have anxiety. Um, they may just hide it better. Um, so many, many people have anxiety. Many people, um, share your experience. Uh, just because something is hard doesn't mean it's impossible, right? So just because, um, joining a Bible study for the first time and you don't know anyone is hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Uh, I met a, a teen at a summer camp a couple years ago, Andrea, I know you're not listening, but, um, and we had a really great talk. And at the end of the talk, she told me that um, I can do hard things. And that was like what she she learned through her life, through her struggles, is that she can do hard things. And, and that's what I want to say to anyone listening or anyone who has anxiety. Like anxiety is real and it's strong. So many people experience it, but your experience is still unique. And you can do hard things. Uh, just because something is hard doesn't mean um, you don't do it. And I think all the good things in life that are worth doing are hard, you know, uh, studying, educating yourself. That's hard. Learning a musical instrument, hard. Um, becoming healthy, hard. Getting into fitness, hard. Um, going to your job, working, hard. Having friendships, hard. But what are the things in life that are the most worth doing? All the things that I just mentioned. Just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. But if you feel like things in life are impossible, things that you want to do, things like going to school and making friends and being healthy, if you feel, if your anxiety is so big, you feel like that's impossible, we really recommend um, counseling, going to a therapist. I feel like I'm going to recommend this to everyone. All therapists do is give you tools to help you lead a happier life. And we all need tools. We all deserve to be a little happier. A therapist is an unbiased person. And I also really recommend finding a Catholic or a Christian therapist who shares your same worldview um, so they don't encourage you to do things that are sinful. Um, find a counselor, find a therapist. And you're like, well, I don't have like a super big mental disorder or there's like nothing really wrong with me. You're feeling anxious. You deserve to feel a little happier. You deserve to have tools in your life. Acknowledge so many people like you are dealing with the same things. Ask your friends for advice. Um, you can do hard things just because some things are, are hard doesn't mean you can't do them. If you do feel like it's impossible and you can't go on, see, go to a counselor, go to a therapist, get some practical tools. But the number one thing I can recommend is take your anxiety to the Lord. We read in scripture, the Lord tells us, have no anxiety about anything, but with prayer and supplications, make your requests known to God. So the Lord isn't saying, don't be anxious, you sinner. The Lord is saying, don't hold on to your anxiety tighter than you're holding on to me. Hold on to me. 
Give me your fears. Give me your anxieties. What are they? Tell me. Be explicit. Be super explicit. You're, are you anxious about um, not fitting into your dress for homecoming? Tell it to me. Great. Are you anxious about not getting into the right college? Awesome. Are you anxious about um, your friends feel like they're shifting away from you and getting into another friend group? Great. Are you anxious about not having money to buy the clothes you want? Great. What, whatever you're anxious, even if it seems really little, give your anxiety to the Lord, cling to him and receive the supernatural grace and mercy that only he can have for you. But also don't just pray, act, pray, and then do the other things that I've suggested and know that my heart goes out to you and I feel you and I get you. It's a hard struggle, but, but you can do hard things. Oh my gosh. Well, I've never really experienced anxiety, so I don't know how it feels and I don't know, you know, the weight that people have to carry, but yeah, just keep going because there's a lot of people, um, that I've, you know, heard stories that they've gone through anxiety and there's just had suicidal thoughts and, you know, they end up committing suicide. Never take it to Mm -hmm. that point because there's so many people Mm -hmm. that do love you and that there's so many people that want you around and that are going to help you. You just need to open yourself up. And I know that's hard for some people, but honestly looking for somebody, Mm -hmm. even if it's hard to just tell your parents, I mean, find a friend or, you know, go to your priest or I don't know, a trusted, another trusted adult and just open up because they're Mm -hmm. honestly here to help you. And, you know, we'll understand where you're coming from um, and they will help you, you know, get through this. And like Maggie said, you know, you can do hard things. Life is hard. Life in general is hard. Yeah, but, but it's it worth is. doing. But it's worth doing and it's glorious and joyful, but it's never really easy. Yeah. Our end goal is where it's going to be blissful and that's the giant party. Yeah. Prayers yeah. for you, sister. And then that goes with our second question pretty well. I think it says, how to deal with suicide? I know the church is against it, but what should I do? Ooh. Sure. Yeah, the it's not just the church is is against suicide. God is against suicide, you know, and the church is the extension of God. Um, so the church shares the same message. God is love. God is against love ending. And if you end your life, the love that God wants to pour into you ends. And the love that you can give to other people ends. And the love that you can receive from other people ends. Um, your life is worth living. You are loved intentionally by God and and God doesn't want you to, to cut that short because you can change the world. It's not just the love you can receive. It's the love that, that you can give the world. Um, so the church teaches because God teaches that every life is sacred. Every life is precious. Every life is worth living no matter how sick, no matter how old, no matter how young, no matter pre-born or not. Every life Every single life, every life that we find annoying or uncomfortable, the life of an immigrant, the life of someone experiencing homelessness, the life of all people are worth living because each person is loved by God. So if you're struggling with suicidal ideation, my heart goes out to you. First things first, tell a trusted parent, tell a trusted adult. That is a burden you shouldn't be carrying um, ever, but especially on your own. Again, advice I'm always going to give, seek out a counselor. They can give you tips on how to cope. They can even maybe get you on medication to help you balance your hormones and help you be a little happier. Pray to the Lord. Try to recognize your identity in the Lord. You know, I think 
think when we know our identity is in the Lord, not that that makes things easier, but we don't have to be despairing because as Mother Teresa says, you know, we're not called to be successful. We're called to be faithful. So if you feel like your whole life is a failure and you're not succeeding in other ways, um, the Lord doesn't um, despair you for that. He doesn't beat you up. He doesn't love you less over that. So uh, yeah, the church is against suicide because the church is against all killing um, because all killing takes away the opportunity for God to love them in a special way. Um, you were loved. The people who you know who have died by suicide, they're infinitely loved by God in ways that we don't even know. We we, we, we don't know the mercy of God. We don't know where they are um, in the next life. We don't know, but we do know that God is love and we're meant to live in love. And um, taking your own life is not the way to respond to God's love. So tell a trusted adult if you're struggling with this. Um, receive counseling, commit yourself to prayer, reach out to friends um, and know that God has good things in store yeah. for you, even if it doesn't feel like yeah. it right now. I think with having uh, you know, God as your identity, I think it might help a little more um, just to realize that I know sometimes it's hard to understand that he loves us so much because he's not a physical person, not showing us mm -hmm. all the time, but mm -hmm. you are super loved. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's so like use, you know, like, yeah. oh, you're so loved, but it's the mm -hmm. truth. There's so many sure. people around you, especially mm -hmm. your family. And I know that you, I don't know, maybe you have, um, Maybe your family life is difficult or your relationships are all over the place. Mm -hmm. But there are people in this world that love you. There are mm -hmm. 100%. And God yeah. understands. Mm -hmm. He understands what you're going through and he's walking there with you. And he's sad that you have to go through this. Yes. But he's allowing it for something greater. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're going to be able to use this to help mm -hmm. somebody else. Yeah. No, I just I feel just terrible for people who you know, are going through that and have suicidal thoughts, yeah. like, you know, death is never the answer to anything. There's speak life no. and there's life in no. so much, you know, in this world and mm -hmm. your life is important. It really is, even though it seems, your yeah, even though you feel like you're not mm -hmm. seen or loved, you are, you are. And honestly, the only love, mm -hmm. the only person that loves you the most is God. And he's the only love mm -hmm. that matters. So even though it seems like, you know, other yeah. people don't love you or aren't seeing you or you feel alone, remember that God was there and God is there for you and he's there with you yeah. going through this. So always mm -hmm. having that in the back of your head mm -hmm. of just, you know, he's there and just run to him and ask him because he'll, he'll help you. Honestly, I think, I think, uh, I think you will. Yeah, lastly, um, some good advice that I heard someone gave me once, if if you're really struggling in your own head, and if you're struggling with, I don't know, whatever you're struggling with, um, and I've gone through through seasons of depression and seasons through struggle, and this has really helped me mm. is to volunteer. Because um, it gets you out of your head. And it reminds you that other people um, need you. Um, so I would, I would really recommend volunteer with your church volunteer awesome. at your soup kitchen. Um volunteer serve in some way um if you can't volunteer in person something i've been doing has been writing letters i've been writing letters to people in prison i've been writing letters to people in nursing homes and we've been writing letters to people in foster care um because it forces me to remember that there's other people going through struggles not just me and it can really help the other question that we had is 
is it okay to date a non-Catholic? Cool. Um, well, the first thing that we should ask is, is it okay for me to date? And that's only a question that you can answer. If you live at home and your parents say, hey, I don't want you dating until you're 16, until you're 18, that's your answer. You can't date a Christian or a non-Christian because your family says you can't date and you got to honor your parents and honor uh, their rules while you're under their roof. If your parents say you can date, great. Ask yourself, am I ready to date even <laughs> Prince Charming? Am I ready to date the perfect person that God might have in store for me? And how do you know if you're ready to date? You ask yourself seriously, honestly, am I a mature, wise person seeking virtue? Or am I an immature person seeking attention, validation, and affirmation? (laughs) Or am I just seeking cute Instagram pictures? Or am I just uh, seeking my first kiss? Or am I just seeking a date to prom? Like, ask yourself, what am I seeking? What is my end goal? Um, Because otherwise, you... um, you're not going to lead yourself or this other person to the Lord if you're not dating with the right intentions. The right intentions, you date in preparation for marriage. You date, um, and you and you don't date if you yourself are not thinking about marriage. If you're like, oh, I'm 15, marriage is so far away. Well, then sweetie, maybe we'll be dating. <laughs> if you're not a yeah. mature, wise person, then don't entangle, don't endanger someone else Focus on friendships between you and other women. Focus on friendships with guys. Focus on forming a community. So before you ask yourself, can I date X, Y, Z? Ask yourself, am I ready to date? And if you hesitate at all, that is your answer. I guarantee you, you will not miss out on anything if you choose not to date in high school. It feels like it. When you're in high school, you're like, oh my gosh, all my friends have boyfriends or girlfriends and, and they're dating and they've had their first kiss or blah, blah, blah. And if, and if you're, if you feel like you're missing out as someone who has gone through that, I can tell you, you are not missing out if you choose not to date in high school. In fact, you might be a lot more ready to date in college because you won't be suffering from the mistakes that you made in high school while choosing to date. So ask yourself first, am I ready to date? If you're like, I don't know, <laughs> the answer is no. You're like, actually, I I am mature and I, I'm trying to be wise and I'm and I'm seeking virtue and I am desiring to date because I think that um, this could help prepare me for my vocation to marriage. If you if you are confident in saying that, and if your family would agree, and if your friends would agree, if maybe your priest or your spiritual director or your youth group would agree, then okay. And if your parents say it's okay okay, great. I, I think then, then you can date. Then the person you are dating, you need to ask yourself, are they mm. on the same page? <laughs> are they mature? Are they wise? Are they seeking virtue? Or are they just seeking their first or fifth kiss? Or are they just seeking a date to prom? Are they just seeking maybe even more than that? Are they seeking to lose their virginity with me? Are they seeking to tell stories about their friends with me? Yeah. What are they seeking? Um, you need to really ask yourself. And if you're like, well, I don't know, then the answer <laughs> is clear. Like if he hasn't made it clear what he wants, then I can tell you what he wants. <laughs> right? So you don't want to date someone just because they're cute, just because they're into you want to date someone because, okay, I'm preparing for marriage. I'm mature and I'm wise and they are too. And then you also want to say, okay, if, if all those things are yes, if they're mature, if they're wise. And how many high school boys fit that category? Very few. 
very, very few. How many college boys fit that? Few, few. But if there are some out there, and I, I know that to be true. You next want to ask yourself, is this person, while dating them, leading me deeper into love of God and his church? Is dating this person leading me into deeper love of God and his church? Am I more alive in my Catholic identity? Am I more enamored with who Jesus is? Has this relationship showed me the love of God and has shown me a desire to be an active adult member in the church? If the answer is no, this person is just a lukewarm Christian, (laughs) bye. You know, or if, if, if they're like, oh, that's really weird. You go to church. Why do you pray before meals? It's really weird. You're saving sex for marriage. <laughs> Bye. Get out, get out of there. Um, so specifically, can I date like a non-Catholic? Can I date a non-Christian? Does that person answer all those questions that I answered? Are they mature? Why seeking virtue? Are they making you more in love with God? And then if you're like, yes, 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 but they're not Catholic. Um, I, I, I personally would date a, a non, and I have dated a non-Catholic who is in love with the Lord and who um, wants to lead me deeper into the love of the Lord and who was open to the Catholic faith and didn't think the Catholic church was like the whore of Babylon and really was genuinely interested in the Catholic faith and was open to, if we got married, raising our kids Catholic. So, um, Gosh, I just said a lot of things there. Hopefully that answered your question. You must be mature, wise, seeking virtue. They must be mature, wise, and seeking virtue. They must lead you to desire to love God more and to be more involved in your faith. And if they are not, leave. Yeah. I think also you have to be, if you don't know the answers, because I know guys are confusing too. And I think the number one thing. Yeah. Yes. But oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me clarify. The right man is not confusing. Mm-hmm. The right man is clear. And if a boy makes you confused, he's a boy. You want to date a man. So if he's playing games with you, he's bored and he should get back on his Nintendo Switch because you are not a game device to play games <laughs> with. Good. Okay. So boys can be confusing. Then don't, yeah. don't mess with them. The right guy will make himself clear because mature people don't play games. Mature people play board games. They play Nintendo Switch. Mature people don't play games yeah. with other people. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Continue. <laughs> I was just going to say that sometimes I know guys are very confusing and maybe they are nervous to say what they want if it is a good intention. Yes. So I think from just the mm-hmm. type of person that I am, I'm very extroverted. So I always want to know. So I'm like, look what's the point Mm -hmm. of this like I want to know I'm the one asking the questions because if not then I'll just be having all these fantasies in my head like we're gonna get married and like all these things and I just wanted to be clear I'm like Mm -hmm. look what's going on I want to know like are is there a future for sure are we just gonna be friends because I'm cool with that I just I just want to know so I'm not wasting my time and so I think that's a really big thing um too when you're deciding to date is um when you find a guy that you are interested in, um, obviously look for a man, uh, not a boy. Um, but be asking those questions mm-hmm. too and talk to them, be open. Um, ask sure. a lot of questions mm-hmm. because I've heard a lot of stories of, you know, girls getting into relationships and then asking the questions while they're in the re- relationships and then end up breaking yeah. up, you know? 
So that, that works. just save yourself from the pain. Yeah. There's also a difference between, yeah, save yourself from the pain. There's a difference between being in a relationship and dating. And I don't know how different that is in high school, um, but <laughs> college kids who are listening, I'm a big fan in dating, which is just like a one-on-one time where you can mm-hmm. ask yourself these questions. Being in a relationship is like exclusive. And then when you're in a relationship, you want to know, you, you don't want to be like, oh, you don't want to save sex for marriage, but now we're already dating. Like, yeah. So you want to know that before you're in a committed exclusive relationship, you want to know that, mm-hmm. that they don't pray or you want to know that they are an atheist and you would know those things before you get in a relationship with someone. So you can do that through dating and you can do that through friendship. I just want to, just want to float um, a friendship uh, flag where one of the best advice I've ever given received ever received in life especially about dating was my mom said to me when I was in high school and I remember exactly where we were we were on the highway was crying over a boy and my mom said to me Maggie if you want a boy to stick around be friends with him I (laughs) I hate that but it's so true where in high school I had so many different crushes on so many people and then those Mm -hmm. crushes burnt out because it's exhausting to carry that flame for someone who doesn't receive it or who is like super immature. But I also became a lot of good friends with guys in my high school youth group. And we're still friends to this day. You know, I've, I've dated some of them and, and it's, it happened because we had that solid foundation of friendship. And then when they were more mature, more wise in college and afterwards, then you're free to pursue something more. So don't be afraid to be friends with someone. You don't have to make a guy commit right away. You don't have to start dating. You can be really good friends. And then maybe when you're at a time when you're more mature, wise, and virtuous, that can lead to something else. So, But I'm also not a fan of being friends with a guy, which means you're dating without the commitment or the title. Like, don't let a guy do you dirty like that. And don't don't take like advantage a, of the guy in that way either. You know the difference between friendship and dating. Friends with benefits. Yeah, Friends with benefits or just like long one-on-one talking late into the night, sharing, being vulnerable, going on basically dates, but just like right. pretending they're not. So you don't have to be held. Not only that, that's don't also super that. confusing because maybe one of the like one of the people they're they're feeling things confusing. and then the other person isn't. And that's where the lack of communication comes from because I'm big on communication because mm-hmm. I, I get frustrated with like those uh, yeah. Disney original movies when they're just not talking to each other and then they fight <laughs> and I'm like bro I yell I yell if you nice. just talk once yeah to mm-hmm. communicate is to love being honest is being That's mature really yeah we could do a whole other podcast on on dating oh my gosh but yeah and then our last question is let me see it says how to stay faithful to God through the influence of social media cool mm-hmm. get off social media listen if social media is leading you away from the lord here's a radical idea cut it out right right if it's if it's truly leading you away from god get rid of it if it's leading you to anxiety if it's leading you to comparison if it's leading you to fear if it's leading you to doubt the teachings of the church why do you need it why do you need it? Does it actually make you feel more social or does it really make you feel more alone? Hmm? Do you really need social media? 
especially if it's pulling you away from the Lord. Maggie, that's a radical position. Yeah, to be Christian mm-hmm. is to be radical, right? To be holy means to be set apart. And sometimes we need to set ourselves apart from things that the world thinks is normal so we can worship and commune with the Lord. So if, if you can say, yes, social media is leading me away from the Lord, then cut it out. Take a break. Take, del- this, is, this is what I do. Uh, del- I, de- I delete TikTok and I delete Instagram from my phone. And whenever I want to go on, I re-download it. So then I have to ask myself, do I really want to go on it right now? And sometimes, yeah, I do. And then I set a timer and I'm only on for 10 minutes at a time because I don't yeah. want it to steal my joy and it will mm-hmm. if I allow it. So how, that is my number one tip. Take a break from it. And you're like, Maggie, yeah, that's extreme. Well, yeah, so is your apathy <sighs> and so is your indifference. Um. You don't need social media or you can severely limit it. You can set timers on your phone. You can only let yourself be on for for 10 minutes at a time and then stick to that. Especially if you're struggling to find time in your life to pray, check out how much time you are using on social media. And that'll that'll tell you something. Um, If you're like, uh, Maggie, I'm, I don't know. I think it's a good sign to, to show you if you're addicted to something, if you can't give it up. If you're like, I can't cut out social media, well, that means you're addicted and, and, you, and you need to detox. Um, but if you're like, no, I'm just looking for tips to, to balance more, um, I would go to the people that you're following and unfollow mm-hmm. like half of them. Like look through, be like, okay, this person is cool, but they also like, are living a life that like I don't want to live and it's distracting to me. Unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. And then follow 50 more positive accounts. Follow 50 more Christian accounts follow my account at, at Maggie underscore Craig underscore ministries, right? Uh, follow, follow this podcast, follow positive things. So get rid of some negative things, follow positive things and just put a limit on it, you know, cause before you know it, it can suck out all your time and the Lord has mm-hmm. given you the gift of time. And how are we going to use that time? Are we going to use that time to glorify him, to grow in relationship with him, to love and serve our family, to help study, to help become a better athlete? To, what are, what are you doing with that time? Um, but if you really feel like if it's leading you away from the Lord, cut it out, um, get rid of it, and then watch how much greater your life is because it's not filled with things yeah. that are leading you down. Yeah, I've noticed a lot lately. Let me see. I'm trying to think. I think in the last two months, there have been days where I'm just like going through all my followers and taking off a bunch of people because sometimes I'll just press mm-hmm. them for, I don't know, whatever cute reels are doing. But then the reality is they're not Mm -hmm. always posting like good stuff you know there are moments where it's just not good or it's immodest or you know whatever they're saying bad words Mm -hmm. things like that and so just really taking the time to go through their followers because whatever you see it's like you're putting that into your mind and you're becoming what you're watching yes and so you have to be very careful what you're putting into your mind and so that's happened a lot lately and I know some of my friends like we're trying really hard. We're trying to not let social media and things of this world influence us. Um, and we're fed up with it. Mm-hmm. We're really sick of um, having so much of this time yeah. being consumed by it. Um, but at the same time, I do like, mm-hmm. I really like Instagram. So I'm just trying to find a balance. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's bad. It's, it's, it's finding balance. If you were like, yes, this is leading me away from God. Be honest, cut it out. If you're like, uh, it's not the best. Okay. See mm-hmm. if you can limit your time on it. 
So if you can make sure that you pray before you're on social media first, you know, first thing we do when we get up, we go on social media. And the last thing we do is like say a prayer before we're falling asleep. Mm-hmm. That sounds disordered to me. Let's put prayer first, put other things first, limit your time on it and make sure you're following good people. That's really good. And don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think social mm-hmm. media is all, is all bad. Just if it's having a bad effect on oh, you, yeah. be honest And if it's, it. you know, consuming all of your time. And it should not. It should not. It should not. You find yourself not even enjoying yourself anymore on social media. You're like, I just have to watch another TikTok because I've invested so much time into this. And you find yourself not enjoying it anymore, but you can't get off. That's where it's a problem. And that I think that happens within half an hour. And if you give any more oh, than yeah. half an hour. Yeah, God is good. God is good. He loves us. He wants us to put our identity in him, not because he needs that affirmation, but because we need it. And the way to have an identity in the Lord is to build a relationship with him. The way we build that relationship with him is prayer. Um, If you're struggling, seek out a trusted adult, seek counseling, commit to prayer, um, and think long and hard before you date and be aware of your social media. That's just us. That's just me summarizing the podcast. That's really good. And yeah, just... Dude, just share Jesus to everybody. We are so called to just preach Jesus in, you know, in every place that we go to. And that's, I feel like my main mission right now is just to to share Jesus with everybody. And maybe there's a lot of you out there who have that desire but don't know how. Start a podcast with your best friend, dude. Do it. You don't know. Like, it's, oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Start a blog. Start in, I know one of my friends started in, uh, an Instagram page with one of her friends and they're just posting like a bunch of Catholic stuff. That's awesome. Do something like that. Be um be a part of kind of like saving this world. Like be out there and empower everybody else with the love of Jesus because it's it's pretty awesome and it's and God loves that and he's so proud of you and yeah. A little a little mm-hmm. empowerment rant. Okay, you're, yeah. loved. you're loved by God. Mm-hmm. oh yeah so just know that we're praying for you praying for all of the people listening right now and if you have any more questions for maggie she will be on the next couple podcast um and so yeah just dm us if you have any topics you want to hear us talk about send those over uh but yeah so we're going to end with a prayer and then we'll see you guys next week all right in the name of father son holy spirit amen God, thank you for your love. Thank you for giving us an unshakable identity in you. Thank you for all the the gifts in our life, like school and sports and friends and relationships and, and social media. These, these are gifts, and I pray that they may glorify you. And if they're not glorifying you, I pray that we may rework our relationships with them. And, and first of all, prioritize our relationship with you. Well, may you be number one in our hearts and teach us to make that practical. May that not just be something we say, but something that, that we do. Pray that uh, we may recommit ourselves to prayer, to the church, to the sacraments, to the scriptures, to service, to you. Pray especially for people who had questions about struggling with anxiety and suicidal ideation, that they may know the love of God and that they may take action and concrete steps to, to be okay and to continue being in your house. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Help us to trust you. Help us to love you more. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, we will see you next week, and I hope we see you in heaven.
Bye, guys. Bye. Jesus is my open book.